Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, here's your host, John Bedell. Hey, Flyer fans, welcome into Flanagan's Pub. John Bedell, former University of uh, Dayton Flyer and UD Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski with you here. Recapping this clunker, 62-60, Dayton a loser to the UMass Minutemen. The search for two straight wins consecutively continues for this Dayton Flyers team. They've been up and down all year. They drop below 500 again on the year. Now it's 7-8 and eight overall and 1-2 and two in A-10 play. The UMass Minutemen came in here and got their first win at UD Arena since January of 2008, Keith. We talked about in the Bud Light postgame show. This is a series that historically has been dominated by the home court advantage. Dayton hasn't won in Amherst in the regular season since the first Christmas, and UMass comes in here and gets their first win in almost, uh, what, a little more nine years, or nine years that they uh, – we get there, or a decade. Yeah, 2018 and, now. Welcome to the future. <laughs> and and obviously, when you have streaks like that going, you want to be able to maintain them and to keep them going. And obviously, uh, Dayton wants to be uh, one of the better teams, one of the top teams of the A10 year in year out. And you're always protecting your home court when you do that. And we're not able to do that tonight. And unable to protect your home court, Keith, against the UMass team that was down two starters. They announced before the game they had suspended uh, Rashawn Holloway and C.J. Anderson, two starters. You knew Luan Pipkins then was going to be the guy to beat you, a little Isaiah Thomas-looking kid. You're short in stature, but he can score the ball. You know that. And that makes it all the more frustrating that he came in here and torched you for 25 with four assists. And they were able to get a 62-60 win. Right, and and as a player, it, it is difficult um, to not have the thoughts creep into your head of, you know, we should we should win this game. If we come out and take care of our business, we'll win this game. But we got to come out and take care of it, right? And then they come and tell you, well, these two starters and these two go-to guys that you've been preparing for are not going to make the trip. They're not even here. They have no option of playing. And it's hard to keep the thoughts out of your head of, well, we're just going to roll this team. And I guarantee you those thoughts were in our head. You can't it, – it's so tough to not act on them and to go out and still focus on a game plan. But even then, you know, a lot of the game plan kind of goes out the window because you've got new guys. You don't know who's going to do what or how they're going to react. Um, guys you haven't seen a lot of film on because you're two starters that play a lot of minutes and our go-to guys uh, are not there anymore. So – you know, it, it, it's difficult in a sense, but at the same time, you I mean, you've got to come out. You've got to take care of business. It's not just, a, hey, I think we're better, so we automatically win. Like, you got to go prove it and act on it. Dayton Flyers, a loser tonight, 60-60. we got a January drink special to help you get through this one. Uh, for the rest of the show, we're taking this thing until 3. $5 Bud Light, 48-ounce mini pitchers. John Bedell, former Flyer, Keith Walskowski, and you Flyer fans here for Flyer Feedback. It continues after we break for news right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it.
It's 2.32. I'm Damian Burrs. Our top local story, the cold continues in the Miami Valley and the mercury will be falling this evening. We're tracking temperatures a little closer to average by the end of the weekend. I'm meteorologist Josh Poland. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now, WHIO triple team traffic. The highways look clear right now. Your drive time from westbound on I-70 from the Snyder area to I-75, that 13-mile drive has taken about 13 minutes. Our top local story, cold temperatures continue. It's another cold day here in the Miami Valley. You'll need your gloves if you're going to step outside. We continue to be stuck in the deep freeze. High temperatures this afternoon, only in the low teens. Average high for this time of the year is 35, so well below that yet again. Josh Poland will have our forecast here in a moment. A mix of sun and clouds this afternoon with high temperatures in the low teens. For tonight, we'll see increasing clouds, another round of cold temperatures, low down to about 4. And for Sunday, temperatures getting a little closer to average. Highs topping out in the low 30s with mostly cloudy skies. Looks like we'll see some snow showers Sunday night into Monday morning. I'm meteorologist Josh Poland on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar is Looking clear, it's 10 degrees in Huber Heights, it's 14 degrees in Springfield, and 11 degrees in Dayton at 233. If news breaks, we break in immediately. I'm Damian Burrs at Dayton's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Depend on it. You can always count on the crisp, refreshing taste of Bud Light, just like you can always count on Always Game Gary. No bar is too far. No wing sauce is too hot. Not for Gary. Gary is the man. He's nothing like Keith. Keith never wants to do anything. Why are we even talking about Keith? Always Game Gary is famous among friends. He deserves a Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. Adults 50 years of age or better, you have an exciting way to learn about a broad variety of topics. The Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Dayton, offering fall, winter, and spring seminar series that meet weekly. Choose from seminars such as What's This Cloud I Keep Hearing About? What You Didn't Know About Taxes? Adventure Travel 2018, Artisan Bread Baking, and more. All offering an intellectually stimulating yet informal non-competitive environment. Call 229-2347 to register or to learn more. That's 229-2347. At McAfee, we strive to remain a leader in our industry by realizing you, the customer, comes first. We also know your time is valuable. You should never have to take time away from what matters to get an estimate on a new system for your home. So now, like never before, receive a price instantly using our online estimating tool at mcair.com. Any season, any time. McAfee. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, Flyer fans, welcome back into Flanagan's Pub. John Bedell, Keith Wallace-Kowski, and you here as we're trying to get through this uh, clunker together. 62-60, the Dayton Flyers, a loser to the UMass Minutemen, and the search for two straight wins continues for the Dayton Flyers. They have still not won uh, two in a row yet this year. They dropped to 7-8 and eight on the year, 1-2 and two in A-10 play. 
John Bedell, former Flyer and University of Dayton Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski, coming to you live from Flanagan's Pub, a place where we don't, do not tweet recruits. Got a January drink special to help you get through this one. Flyer fans, while we're here for the show until 3, you can get $5 Bud Light 48-ounce mini pitchers. Try to help you get through this uh, Dayton Flyers therapy Saturday. Keith, a couple stretches that we talked about in the postgame that Anthony Grant addressed in his postgame comments. One was the end of the first half and the start of the second frame. That was where in the last 321, Dayton went from up 10, 30-20, at that under-four timeout. UMass cut the lead to five, so they let him back in at the close of the first half. And then the Minutemen started the second frame on a 7-0 run. Anthony Grant thought those two, they gave him enough confidence in those two stretches. He thought was what he told Larry to put the game away. And he's absolutely right. And that's the dangerous thing. Again, I know we've, we've talked a lot about them being down with two starters, but when you give guys that aren't accustomed to being on the floor or they're not accustomed to the lineup that they're playing with, confidence you can get really dangerous and that's obviously what happened tonight uh you know those guys obviously got rolling uh felt good with themselves felt good with the way they were playing and they were able uh able to capitalize and finish off a game against us a couple ways for you to get at us on the show you can tweet me at jbedellwhio and i may read your tweet on the air uh, you can call us up at 457-1290 or if you're here with us at flanagan's pretty good crowd today you can uh, step up to the bud light mic and take advantage of that a lot of talk about the last play. Uh, Keith, they were down 62-60. Dayton got the ball with uh, 19, a little more than 19 seconds left. I think it was 19.1 after the UMass turnover. Refs went to the monitor. They called a Dayton ball. They confirmed that. So Dayton gets uh, the last possession without a shot clock. Anthony said, you know, we saw what happened. Daryl Davis drives, gets to the bucket, misses uh, a shot in traffic. Anthony said the first option there was to get the ball to Cunningham in the post. The second option was what ended up happening, which was get Daryl the ball uh, in the high post and have him drive to the bucket, which he did, or to get him a look, he ended up driving. And then Anthony said the decision was made, is what he told Larry, was to go with Daryl because they just, Keith couldn't get the ball to Cunningham in the post. Yeah, and and watching that play and rethinking about uh, how it all developed, obviously uh, they were trying to get a little bit of a back screen uh, on Josh coming from high to go low. Um, you know, they're not just going to let him walk into the post and get the ball. Obviously, he's a really good player, one of the best in the A-10. And, um, you know, there was a lot of bump, uh, bump on the screener, bump on Josh, so he was not able to get down there when we're fighting against the clock. Uh, you know, you got to make a quick decision. They go with Daryl. Uh, and like I kind of spoke about earlier, at least he was, he was driving to the basket. And there was a lot of contact, yeah, but you're not going to decide a game uh, on that contact. Now, the problem for me is, if you're driving to the basket like that earlier in the game, maybe you get those calls and it doesn't come down to needing to score on your last possession uh, or needing a call on your last possession to get to tie the game up uh, to get to overtime. So, uh, you know, it was difficult execution. I'm sure it's stuff that they work on in practice. But, um, you know, another thing that we have a hard time getting Josh the ball in the post and whether it's getting him the ball in the post or, or um just getting Josh to get low enough to get good position in the post. And he played against a lot of zone today. And like uh, like Anthony talked about earlier, mixed, mixing up uh, defenses. And so hard to find out when you can post, when you can't post, where you got to be. And big guys playing against posts, I mean, you just got to be confident and still uh, post up in the low post against the zone. It doesn't matter what defense, you still got to get the ball in those spots. Yeah, one of the things we see a lot or we've heard a lot from fans and just people who observe this team is that Hey, Cunningham needs to get the ball more. Feed him in the post. It's not. Some people think it's not happening enough. 
Is it scheme? Is it execution? Keith, what's what's going on with, with that as you see it happening? You know, I'm sure it's a little bit of both, um, depending upon what plays. You, you watch the way Dayton plays and, and the plays that they run, and there's a lot of uh, movement around uh, up top, ball movement from side to side. Um, it's not a very slow it down, let's run a set with a couple of screens and pass it in and clear out of the way. Now Josh does get that every once in a while. Um, but he's also the type of guy that, that needs a little bit of help to get the position. Um, you got to move the ball to help him get the position. We just got to execute a little bit better and, and make it a focal point. Um, you know, you, as a team, uh, when you're in situations like this and you struggle, um, and I remember specifically, uh, of course, we didn't struggle my senior year like this, but as a new coach is figuring out his team and his players, uh, when you hit a little bit of adversity, you're going to go with what works. And right now, everything should be going through Daryl or going through Josh. And that's obviously where you went with in the last play of the game. But um, some of the some of the rest of the guys on the team, the younger guys especially, got to make it a point to take care of their big guy, make sure they're looking for him. Because Josh is also the type of guy that if he faces a double team or he faces a bad situation, he's got no problem kicking the ball out to the, uh, the right guy that's open. One of the ways you can get at us uh, on the show and interface with us is you can tweet me. You can at me on the Twitter machine. Russ on Twitter said that's not Dayton basketball with a little angry face emoji. William Murphy, I tweeted. Uh, William on Twitter, uh, I tweeted about the home court advantage historically uh, in this series. Keith holding serve uh, well before the game this morning. He said, Jinx, you're right, William. I'm sorry. I lost this game for Dayton. Rob on Twitter says that was an embarrassing loss, and he is uh, wanting to know why Josh and Daryl, uh, he feels – Rob on Twitter, Keith says that why are Josh and Daryl Davis not showing more leadership at this point? Is that something you're seeing? Well, you, you can make that argument, and obviously it's easy for everybody to to complain, uh, ourselves included, um, feel discouraged, uh, look at the negative aspects and say this is what we have to do and we got to do this, 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 and this, and we'll win. Um, but it's not always as easy as that. And I think if you, if you look overall at the season, I think Josh and Daryl have shown a ton of leadership so far. Uh, unfortunately, tonight it was tough for them to get into a flow through foul trouble in the first half for Josh, foul trouble in the second half for Daryl. Um, when, you're, when you're in, when you're out, it, it's tough to get into the right flow, and I think that comes off in a game like today as not showing that much leadership, but when you're struggling to keep yourself on the floor and get into the right rhythm, uh, it's not necessarily leadership. It's just your own, your own flow. Yep. So Rob and William and Russ, thanks for checking in on Twitter. You can do just like they did, tweet me at jbadellwhio. I may read your tweet on the air. Or you can call us up, 457-1290. Uh, or you can, if you're here at Flanagan's with us, you can step on up to the Bud Light mic where we have our January drink special during the show. So after every home game, when we're here during, uh, after a game at Flanagan's, we got $5 Bud Light 48-ounce mini pitchers. Today you can use some of those to help you get through the 62-60 loss. And, too, we talked about this in the post, Keith, but it's just disappointing to follow up. Your, you know, this is this has been an up and down year. Literally every other game, they have one lost, one lost, one lost mm-hmm. all year. They're now seven and nine, seven and eight on the year, and to just to follow up your best win of the season against the top sixty Ken Palm in St. Bonaventure, probably, you know, who knows how the rest of the league season plays out. But I think it's it's going to be between the Bonnies and the Rhode Island Rams to win this conference. Uh, and you follow that up with this clunker, and you just lose to a UMass team with down two starters. Yikes. The, and 
yeah, we, we talk about it. This team shows what they're what they're capable of on the good side. They also also show what they're capable of on the bad side, and that's just part of the growth and the maturation process that these kids are going through. And uh, you know, yeah, just it, it stinks watching it. It stinks going through it, and it stinks, uh, you know, having to trust the process that they're going through. And and every time we get a win big win you think all right we're clicking now we've got it and then we turn it right around and it's like never mind it didn't stake so one of those things that we got to get better at yeah uh, and that list is getting pretty long one of the trends that continues to keith all year now the flyers are seven and zero when they score 71 or more they're now zero and eight if they score 70 or fewer they get uh 60 points tonight and they drop to umass i think one bright spot if you can call it that uh, Keith, with as disappointing as this loss is and as much of a kind of head-scratcher and a clunker as it is. I mean, Zarius Williams got back into things tonight. He had 11 off the bench. Um, he was at 1.3 for 3 from beyond the arc. Um, and I thought, you know, Zarius is a guy that I think there was a lot of expectations for him coming into mm-hmm. his junior year this year. He's had uh, back issues at points. He's had just straight-up lack of production uh, at others. Brooks Hall talked about that extensively Wednesday night. Um, what did you see from Zerius tonight, and is that a nice positive to see him maybe start to bounce back a little bit and sort of get back into the swing of things here and start contributing? Yeah, you know, I think I think that's a, a correct assessment that he had. A lot of people had high expectations for him, especially being one of the returners that got significant minutes that showed that he was capable of, of playing at this level. And it's almost like he's taken a step backwards this year. He really, uh, you know, early on shooting struggles, I think, affected uh, a whole big part of his game. And then obviously the back issue to, to compound that is not good. Um, but, you, you know, I, I guess I thought I would see more leadership out of him, someone that's been through it, been a part of it, been a, been a major part of it and had a role in, in everything that they've done the past couple of years. Um, and to see that kind of just um, – not come to fruition at all has yeah. been has been frustrating. So um, obviously it's good to to make a couple of shots to see the ball go through the go through the rim. Uh, hopefully you can build a little bit of confidence with him and, and he can get back into the right flow. Um, and you know as it happens with most guys, you make a few baskets, you score a few points, you pick it up a little bit on the defensive end as well. Uh, you you get flowing in the rebounds and and get a little bit tougher there. And obviously those are two aspects that he's got to get a little bit better at as well. And you know not just shooting, but defense and rebounding and help control that defensive side of the court um, are, are going to be big for him. So, but. You know, I also look at it as like the rest of the team, and we, we show that we can be really good one game, and we think we're getting it, and then we turn right around and, and we go the other way. So hopefully Zarius does not go the other way on uh, on Tuesday against Richmond. Tough one to stomach, too, because this, uh, this is a bad UMass team, Keith. I mean, their Kempom 166, their RPI was 223 coming yeah. in here tonight. I mean, it's not like the Flyers are trying to build a – I mean, they are trying, but they're not building an NCAA tournament resume. I think uh, – might be one guy in town who feels like they're going to make the tournament, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> no, they just—it's not the NCAA one, anyways. No, then they've got to get—they got to get more consistent with everything that they do, and part of that consistency is playing at the level that they're capable of playing of, not playing at the level of the competition. It's easy to get up for St. Bonnie's. It's easy to get up for St. Uh, for Rhode Island, but can you get up for Duquesne? Can you get up for UMass? Because it's nothing to get up for those other two if you can't get up for the bottom half, right? you gotta, you got to win the games that you should and 
you know, maybe win every other one against a tough team or steal one or two against a tougher team. But, you know, the way we're going, you know, we're, we're going to finish in the bottom half of the pack instead of the top half. And even on a, in an off year in the A-10, we should not be finishing in the bottom half of the, uh, of the A-10 field. Well, and two, yeah, and, and, and in a, a year, Keith, where even in a rebuilding year, what is a down year for the rest of the league? I mean, we talked about this on Wednesday night. <laughs> I hate to tell people, but the 13-14 Atlantic 10 ain't walking through that door. No. This is a league right now that, save for somebody bid-stealing on Selection Sunday, has one bid written all oh, yeah. the heck over it this year. And, and what's frustrating, too, is even in a down year, to see that home court advantage that Dayton fans are so accustomed to seeing hold serve. And in a series like this, not that history affects today's game or anything, but especially in a series where home court has held serve so often, how often do we see the Flyers lose at home? Not often, right. right? And to see them drop to this UMass team down two starters at home, it's got to be tough to swallow. Yeah, it is. One of the ways you can hop on the show with us is by calling us up at 457-1290, and that's where we go now to Paul from Dayton. Paul, you want to talk about Cruton. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned this year. I know when Archie came in uh, after Brian Gregory left, he somehow got talent and got them going right away, which is why we had the winningest team just graduate last year. I'm a little concerned that Coach Grant is not doing the same thing. Do you have any opinion on that, or is it just because of the turnover of coaches and graduations, or what? I would say, hold on, we're on the air, brother. you got to go to the Bud Light mic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Paul, I would say uh, Archie didn't bring in talent right away. It took a few years for that Scoochie Kendall Pollard uh, and Kyle Davis class to come in here. He did a nice job supplementing with guys like Seibert. I would also tell you, Anthony Grant's been here six months. It's early. He's got Jalen Crutcher as his first recruit. Anthony Grant has one guy on this team. Crutcher is his recruit, and he's got another top 100 kid uh, coming on his way from uh, Holy Name up in Parma Heights next year. And, and, you know, I'd also take a look at we've got one senior on the team, so you can only have so yeah. many scholarships, so there's only so many spots available. So while you may not see a lot of stuff that is in the papers as far as signings and commitments, that type of stuff, he, I can guarantee you he's actively recruiting. He's trying to build his program. He's trying to build the team that he wants, uh, and, and he's out there doing it. You, you know, when the when the team has off days, I, you know, I'm sure he's somewhere watching games or I'm sure he's on the phone talking to uh, somewhere or other. So, you know, one of those things, it's it's tough. Recruiting is a tough thing to um, materialize, right? It, it, it's tough to show how much effort uh, a coach is putting into it without seeing results. And, you know, the results aren't going to come until you look at next year, the year after, the year after. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even even more important to make sure that we, we trust this process and continue to learn his system and build. Yeah, I correct myself. Uh, Grant's got two recruits on this team. Crutcher and Toppin are his guys, and he's got Dwayne Cohill, four-star, top 100 nationally, top five in Ohio from Holy Name and Parma Heights coming here next year. Uh, it's early, Paul, and Anthony's recruited his rear end off wherever he's been, built a national title team for Billy Donovan. Give it some time. Flyers are losers, 62-60. John Bedell, former Flyer, Keith Walskowski, and you here. For Flyer feedback, it continues on the other side, live here from Flanagan's Pub on the other side, right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Do you suffer from joint pain that limits your activity? If you answered yes, join a Kettering Health Network orthopedic specialist for an educational event on treatment options. To find an orthopedic event near you, 
visit KetteringHealth.org backslash ortho. That's KetteringHealth.org backslash O-R-T-H-O or call 937-558-3988. Trust your joint health to Kettering Health Network and stay active. 14 teams come to compete, but only one will win the crown. The Heart of the Nation will host the Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Championship at Capital One Arena in March of 2018. Five days of non-stop basketball action. There can only be one champion. The A-10 Championship at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. March 7th through 11th, 2018. Buy your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. You can always count on the crisp, refreshing taste of Bud Light. Just like you can always count on Just-In-Time Jane. She's rescued you from more bad dates than you want to remember. Close-talking Clyde lied about his height, Larry. And lest we forget, whispering Walt. He was probably a nice guy if you only heard a single word he said. Just-in-time Jane is famous among friends. She deserves a Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. A mix of sun and clouds this afternoon with high temperatures in the low teens. For tonight, we'll see increasing clouds. Another round of cold temperatures low down to about 4. And for Sunday, temperatures getting a little closer to average. Highs topping out in the low 30s with mostly cloudy skies. Looks like we'll see some snow showers Sunday night into Monday morning. I'm meteorologist Josh Poland on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, Flyer fans, welcome back into Flanagan's Pub. John Bedell, former Flyer and University of Dayton Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski, and you here recapping a 62-60 Dayton Flyers loss to the UMass Minutemen. Anthony Grant and his Flyers dropped to 7-8 and eight on the year, 1-2 and two in A-10 play. They are still in search of two straight wins this season. Uh, and uh, we had a call uh, before the break about recruiting. Paul from Dayton wanted to know about uh, you know the difference between Archie and Anthony and said that immediately was the word he used, that Archie was able to get talent here. Let's just go back to Archie's first year in 2011. I will remind folks, it was not immediately that he got talent in here, you know, infused this team with a whole bunch of guys real quick. His first recruit, remember who that was? Alex Gravilovich. okay? Then came to Sean Pierre. Then in his third year, the third year he was here was when Scucci, Kendall, and Kyle showed up, and he supplemented that class later with Charles Cook. All right, so I would say just have some patience. Uh, Anthony has two kids on this roster that he personally has recruited. Obadiah Toppin, he's a partial qualifier, sitting out this year. Jalen Crutcher is his guy who was committed to Matt McCall down at Chattanooga when Matt went to UMass. We saw it today. Crutcher decommitted. Anthony swooped in and got him to come here. And he's been here, what, since April, Keith? And he's already got Dwayne Cohill, a a two-guard, four-star recruit, top 100 nationally, top five in Ohio from Holy Name up in Parma Heights. And I would remind, you know, to Paul's point, too, you got to give it some time because it's not an immediate thing. Anthony's got to be here to be able to get his guys. And he's got one open scholarship next year, the one that Sam Miller has vacated. Well, two. The one that Sam Miller has been taken away from him. And when Daryl graduates, you got two open slots for next year currently. I would also remind him that Anthony built the national title team back-to-back that Billy Donovan won with at Florida. And everybody wants to talk about, ooh, that Havoc Shaka team. Well, those were Anthony's guys. He built that those that Final Four VCU team. It's for Anthony Grant's recruits. 
Yeah, obviously that's a pretty impressive resume, you know, and, and one of the things that I'm always reminded of too, uh, you know, Archie, it, it's, it's interesting how things happen over the course of a season and whether things start off good and fizzle out, start off slow and pick up. And if you remember with, with uh, Scoochie and Kendall and Kyle when, when those guys were young, yeah. um, early on in that season we struggled. And then we had those two, then we had those two dopes uh, get into trouble. <laughs> And had yeah. to kick them off the team. And yes. we were left with a team that had seven scholarship players. Yeah. And so you're looking at a coach in his third year with seven scholarship guys. What are you doing? But as we talked earlier about UMass gaining confidence and it's not to that level, these guys got nothing to lose. They go out and they play. They gain a little bit of confidence. They sneak into the NCAA tournament, and they win three games on a big run. Yeah. And, you know, as a lot of people will point back to, well, that's that's – the most successful team that Dayton has had. It's easy to, uh, to hang up on the we made it to the Elite Eight. Um, you know, that's the best Dayton team in recent history. But if you look at the actual team, that's not the best Dayton team that we've had in recent history. And actually, they, they, they weren't that good. Could argue they were last better. Year, yeah, and they were, yeah. they were better. Um, and there's been better teams that have not had the NCAA tournament success as that team did. Um, because obviously it's, it comes into a, a one-game tournament every time yep. you get down there. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting how those things happen. So I think you could very easily put ourselves in, in those seats four or five years ago and say, what is Archie Miller doing? We only got seven guys on scholarship. Does is, is he have any idea what he's doing as a head coach or a recruiter? What's going on over there? Obviously things, things end up working out. These coaches got plans, um, and, and – Obviously, I think Anthony Grant, like you just pointed out, has built a tremendous resume as far as recruiting and building teams. But it's a process. And two, he's a guy that I was talking to Mark Adams about this over at the arena the other day. That you know he's been in, Anthony's been in the NBA for like the last what three four years. And what does this recruiting Rolodex look like after that? Still pretty good, I think. With even though he's been out of college recruiting, the, 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 the recruiting circles for several years now, he's, he's already got a top one hundred top five guy in the state to come here that's pretty good yeah I, I would say so and obviously you can you can make a recruiting pitch from uh from here i don't know how many recruits are listening to uh, us on the dayton post game show don't after tweet after bad loss don't tweet em. not gonna tweet them but you know with the facilities that we have with the fans the arena that we have um with the recent success our teams have had and then you got a coach coming in saying this is what I've done, this is what I've built, this is what I have to offer you here, plus I know you probably want to make it to the next level, and I've been there, and I know what it takes to get to that level, and I've worked with these guys on that level, so here's our plan, here's what we're going to do with you. You know, I think that's a pretty solid pitch right there. Yeah. Got two minutes left, going to try to get both these Bud Light mics in. Tom from Ketter. Guys, I don't know if you can hear this or not. Yes. Okay, because uh, we, we can't hear you out, out in the... We'll adjust it. About, out in the cheap seats. So, cheap seats. Any, anyways... Um, Keith, we got beat a couple, couple or three times, or maybe four times today, when the guards got beat, and the guard just laid it off to the big man. How, how does a big guy handle that? Is he just got to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait? You know, I think it's one of those things. Obviously, it's a team game, and, and on defense, you're trying to funnel things to different positions. Uh, you know, guard gets beat, it happens. Big guy's there. He's supposed to be stepping up, step up for the guard, but the guard can't quit on the play. He's still got to come in, either take the big guy. Um, you know, it's one of those – it's tough. I think that we just – we never finished off the full play, and that's one of the things that we struggle with. Okay. The, the, uh, uh, the other thing was I, I'm impressed with Crutcher. He just needs 15 pounds, and, I mean, 
I think he's going to be fine. You know, he's shooting a set shot from, I mean, looks like unlimited range. And, and uh, 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 he's quick. He's definitely quick. Um, but I, I think he's, uh, he's impressive. Doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Although today he did a couple times, maybe in a row. Or I don't know if those were both his his fault but yeah I, mean, I, w- I would argue that like like most freshmen he's he's good right now he's got a lot of potential and he'll still develop and uh, turn himself into great by the time that he's done here right. thank you thank, thank you. you Tom but sorry I got music in my ear we got to go that's the end of the show that's going to do it for us one more time Dayton a loser tonight 62-60 to the UMass Minutemen they dropped to 8-7 uh, our next game is Tuesday against Richmond on the road at 7 so we will see you on the radio Tuesday night Flyer fans until then for my partner Keith Walskowski, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody, and go Flyers. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill.